0: Common Sense Media activated Live from the 210, it's the wave of the future show, and we are your host. It's Mr. Trey M. This is Carr and I am Edge James. Gentlemen, gentlemen gentlemen
1: how are y'all doing oh man it's another day baby we are unstressed and truly blessed unstressed and truly blessed i like it it's a very
2: nice way to put that yeah i feeling blessed too man there was a there's a lady at a counter like a couple years ago when i was at hobby lobby and uh one of her neighbors or something came up to the counter and asked her how she was doing and she kind of just waved her off just like i'm blessed how about you it's like real standoffish, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not standoffish about how blessed I am. I'm very grateful. Yeah. We should all be grateful I feel that.
0: Yeah. This, this has been a heck of a week already, man. Uh, especially from a weather perspective, we went from rain hum- to humidity, the last remnants of summer to my favorite season later in the week in Texas hoodie season. I have a, uh, Illogical amount of hoodies in my closet that makes my wife scratch her head. She's like, "Why do you have so many hoodies? You can only wear those for like two months."
1: I'm like, "That's not the point." I got two months worth of hoodies. never wear <laughs> the same one
2: twice.
0: Exactly. I can't wait to get them with my MF Doom hoodie. test <laughs> in
2: peace. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Do you like the thumb holes in the hoodies? That's my um, favorite thing.
0: No, actually, I don't. I don't. I don't have any with thumb holes. I'm not yeah. against it. I just don't.
2: Yeah, I feel like a ninja. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say it was pumpkin spice season, too. That's a that's a very nice thing that you're about the hoodie season, not the pumpkin spice. No, pumpkin spice season starts in like
1: mid-September, so it doesn't <laughs> count anymore.
0: I'll tell you, the best way to enjoy anything pumpkin spice is uh, step one, throw it in the trash. There you go.
1: <laughs> uh, I actually agree. Unless it's pumpkin pie, that's mm. the only pumpkin you should be spiced. Okay. Pumpkin pie is good. I, yeah. I give it that. I don't yeah. need a, I don't need yeah. a latte um you know what else is throwing me off this week specifically it's damn daylight savings time man i'm going to bed at 9 30 10 o'clock when i was staying up till midnight and it's just just throwing me off a little bit and then i wake up and i got to get my kid ready for school and i think we're late because it's the sun's out yeah, my old, daylight yeah my oh, i oh. think we should stop
0: with daylight savings time we should start here at, at this part of the year and then say we're never gonna switch it back because i swear to god I get a lot more done this part of the switch. It, it My brain wires differently. I don't know why, but I've been getting up every morning at five, hitting the gym, doing my thing. I wake up feeling good. When the daylight savings time switch, I actually forgot. I was editing the Edge Free Show. I'm sitting there doing my thing, and I was like, all right, it's almost one. I got to go to bed. Time warp. And then I look back, <laughs> and I said, it's almost one. I got to. Hey, was it? Just, wasn't already yeah. almost one? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you got you got that time warp, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, man, it it really threw me off. I forgot the switch happened. So the I'm trip. Like, I'm in yeah. the same boat, but I, I was up late.
2: Yeah, I, I wake up earlier too. Um, I just I think sunlight just wakes me up. It's kind of like a Superman thing. Yeah. Like, Again, yeah, once you get the call, L strength, you're like, oh, the sun's up. I must make the commute. That's right. Yeah. That's right.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the how that's how it goes, man. But yeah, it's another week. So before we get things going, is there anybody that we want to? Give our gratitude to this week. So let me
2: just shout out my mom and dad. Uh, they really come through for me a lot. Um, they helped me fix my central air conditioning this week. Like start of the Monday, very Monday like uh, AC was bo- broken. Told my mom, my dad took care of it, and then we got a guy to go fix it. And you know, without them, it would my life would be a lot more inconvenient. So as an adult, I found a lot more. Uh, like I guess pleasure in interacting with them and stuff like growing up, you're always under your parents' thumb. You're always just trying to, you're always trying to rebel, but it's nice when you can finally, you know, match each other in adulthood and ask each other the questions that, that you've been wanting to know since you were a kid. And they talk to you like you're an adult now. Mm, And I know it's not like that for everyone, but for me, I'm very grateful for mom and dad. So mom and dad car. Thank you.
0: Nice. Uh, I'm going to double down on what I said on edge freeze last episode, by the way. If you aren't listening to the Edge Free Show, that's myself and Mr. Free. The newest episode, episode three, is out. We talk about AI in the arts. So I'm gonna give a shout out to both you and him for running our social media and him being Mr. Trey M over here. You guys have been doing a great job, you know, doing the promo. Um, him on Instagram, you on Twitter. I, I still hate social media. But we needed the promo,
1: so I appreciate y'all and the hard work you're doing. Absolutely, man. It's a pleasure. Um, I'm gonna piggyback off of what Car said. Actually, give a little bit of gratitude to my mom. It's been a tumultuous couple of months for us uh, as far as our relationship goes, but my life has been kind of flipped up 180 over the last couple of months, and you know, she's been there to help even when I haven't wanted it. She's she's been there to to you know make sure my kids don't go hungry, or You know, little things like that that I kind of needed help with over the last couple of months as I transition into my new uh, way of life that I'm going into. So I want to say thank you for that. I I do appreciate it, man. Can can I throw one more in there? I I don't want to bloviate, but
0: I'm going to give actually a shout out to my mom, too. She's working on some prototypes for Chasm Swag. Yeah. She's really excited. She wants to do T-shirts and hats and mugs and all kinds of stuff. So, mom, if you're listening... Love you.
2: We love moms here. <laughs> we're very mom friendly. Yeah, we're very mom friendly.
1: <laughs> Some mama's boys, I guess. I don't know what to tell you. Bunch of mama's boys. <laughs> yeah, man. So speaking of social
0: media, didn't you have something on your mind?
1: Yeah. So uh, specifically, in as uh, E spoke on a little while ago, my realm, uh, my biggest responsibility in, in our common sense life is Twitter. And Twitter's gone through a a bit of a change over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Mr. Tesla himself has taken the reins uh, of my personal favorite social media platform. And it has been, it's been a little different. There's been some things going on that have made the news uh, as far as Twitter's concerned. And I just kind of wanted to bring it up and see what you guys think about some of these things. What do y'all think about him charging $8 a month for verification checks on his platform? Well, I know they were talking about $20
0: at one point and some of the podcasters that I listen to bloggers that I've read they've had mixed feelings some of the journalists I follow as well if you're a journalist I think it makes sense to do that because when it comes to podcasters like us or anything like that normal people I don't think the verified blue check is Worth paying for, unless you have a super large platform and you're constantly active on Twitter.
2: Yeah, but unless you have a following.
0: Yeah, unless you have a massive following. If you're a celebrity, what's $8 a month?
2: That's nothing to you. So, I don't know. I, I'm kind of indifferent. What, what about you, Car? So, there's two things right here. One, it might be the new status symbol, because now anybody can really pay for it. Right. Also... The rules have already been broken. How many people have we seen impersonate Elon Musk as a, quote, air quotes, parody account? <laughs> we already yeah. got new bands. We got new bands on deck. Like, we got, uh, what do we got? Kathy Griffin. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Like Kathy Griffin, just a, uh, a, the, a slight niggle
0: on that one. She did not say it was a parody yeah, account. She, so she, she technically broke the
1: rules. She technically broke the rules. I still think the shit is stupid yeah. but, but when she, she technically broke the rules when she tweeted all that things out he hadn't come out and say anybody parodying you know anybody yeah. impersonating uh will be permanently banned it was after the fact uh, yeah. on her tweet and then you had uh he he productions they do a podcast I can't remember the name of the podcast it's,
0: I don't know if that's actually true I believe that was written in the rules uh, uh, uh,
1: like in the uh, of, it, like be- in the right, terms and conditions even before he took over mm, okay. Yes. In in the- now
0: I uh, there was another person who impersonated him, yeah, I,
1: and put in their that was the he production Productions, so yeah, that was uh he, he Productions. Yes, the, the yes. podcast. Account. He got banned they, anyway. They put, yeah, exactly. They put in their bio that it was a parody account and their header like this is a parody or something along those lines, uh, written out and still got banned. Which mm. kind of questions the whole uh, free speech implementation uh, that he's trying to bring into the platform. <laughs> Um, now, going back to the $8 a month for blue checks, I was watching an interview with him um, the other day. I can't remember exactly who was interviewing him, uh, but they were saying how they're going to base their alg- algorithms on the tweets that you see being people who are verified amongst people who are unverified. So if like I, common sense, we want to comment on something or post on something Are and we're not verified. Mm -hmm. You'll have to scroll for days to 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 see that to see that tweet on or that reply on that tweet. That's what's going to be coming with the verification process. That's something they're looking for, and he's trying to uh, market it or advertise it as you know keeping fake bot you know uh, accounts off of there and and trying to minimize hate speech through that aspect. But I just. Don't really. I see it as a, another level of control, personally, uh, being able to control who and what says what.
2: Yeah, trending topics. Trending topics now are not really going to be, I guess, the voice of the people. They're going to be the voice of the people who pay.
1: Exactly. Same thing. Exactly. We're just going to
2: pay for another premium service, and now our soapbox is something we have to subscribe to. So, if I'm
0: understanding you correctly, the algorithm is going to prioritize verified
1: accounts exactly
0: over the normies Mm
1: so unless i know to search for you you're not gonna see me interesting easily as easily you'll see me but you're gonna have to look for me but I, i gotta know what i'm looking for exactly wow that's in that he said it he said it in his in his interview i can't i i the name of the interviewee or the interviewer excuse me uh, escapes me, but it was this past weekend, he said it plain and blank, that those people are going to be prioritized to try to minimize, you know, hate speech and fake information is what he called it. But same thing. I have multiple bank accounts personally. If I want to verify multiple Twitters and I have the funds to pay 24 or, or you know, you can have $40 a, a month, whatever the you know, multiple of eight that I want to put in there is by... I can do whatever I want in that kind of aspect, with which I find just kind of irresponsible. I, I get you got to make some money, but doesn't compute with free speech and giving everybody a platform. It just muddies well, the waters.
0: Well, mm. it's interesting you say that because while technically you will have free speech, it becomes more of a, as Carr said... Celebrity status or status symbol? Hey, I'm going to pay to make sure you see me first. Mm. So when Twitter's going out and it's doing its suggestions, because you see that, right? I turn all that off. I don't want your suggestions. I just want to see tweets from the people I follow or or the the things I follow, a team, like our local basketball team. But to go and make people pay to be prioritized to the top that sounds kind of
1: vain. Are great you tracking me? It? No, I, yeah. I, that's a great way to put it.
2: That's two different lists. It's not. It's not indicative of what people are actually seeing. It's. It's curated because it's already othered into this other group of of, of paying subscribers. It just doesn't make it fair. Doesn't make it the way it currently is. And yeah, there's there's different nuances to the way things are going to go forward. Like, we don't really know the pure numbers on what previously was going on at twitter i mean there was this whole idea that there was a lot of bots out there there was a lot of things out there that were just artificially constructed there was a lot of uh bad actors playing Mm -hmm. their parts on twitter uh who's to say that these new implementations will or will not kind of alleviate that but for now from what i'm seeing is that the people are just taking control of and just mocking it because it's easily exploitable it's just something yeah dude i'll get a blue check mark i feel the blue check mark is going to be something that's going to be like a meme like you're going to see it on on beater cars you're going to see it on cups. You're going to see it on everything. And it's just going to just, it's going to be a joke because that's what they're making it into. They're making a joke to pay for.
1: I agree. I don't think it's going to, I I mean, I don't really know the the complete um, way to get verified at this point in time. I know you have to have a lot of followers and you have to be authentic in the person tweeting from the account. But other than that, I don't know exactly how you get verified. But for me personally, I don't have a lot of followers. I have maybe, maybe 300 and I might be exaggerating that. Um, I just don't see the point in that and how that can bring the platform forward as a whole, other than monetarily kind of bringing it forward. I mean, he did say, I think, that they were losing like $4 million a day at the yeah. time of his takeover, uh, which, I mean, that's a lot of money, but I'm not going to pay for that. I'm not I'm not really going to pay for that. I'd really have to be well-off and self-centered uh, to pay for something like that, which I just find... Vain, just like you said, it's a great way to put it.
0: Yeah, I'm, and everything I've heard about Twitter, that's the one thing I I didn't hear. I mean, uh, of course, we've all heard about the layoffs, (laughs) and then the asking for some people to come back. We watched the video before we started recording about a a guy um, who was a software engineer over there who had gotten laid off, and this dude's got about fifteen thousand subscribers on YouTube, so. I w- I wouldn't say he's got a little small channel. His name is Tony Cassara, C A S S A R A. But he was talking about the way they f- they laid off people was seemingly random. Just no rhyme or reason. And I guess if that kind of lines up with people being asked back like, "Oh, uh, I didn't mean to lay, like, we didn't mean to lay that guy off. We, we, okay, we actually need that part of the workforce.
1: Come on back. So I, I, I don't know, man, this is, this, this is interesting. It's almost like a tyranny takeover. Like, you know, when somebody comes into power and just start for no reason, just offing other members of the the party before them, just for no reason or for power. So my research or the things I've looked up, I was uh, reading Forbes So Twitter had roughly 7,500 employees when Elon took over, and he's laid off roughly 3,700 of those employees. So roughly half of their employees have been laid off almost seemingly as random as uh, Mr. Tony and and, uh, Mr. Edge had put it. There just seems very unprofessional.
2: Yeah, so I've heard... I've heard articles, oh, I've read, I've heard of articles, I've heard them, I don't know how to read. No, but. <laughs> <laughs> so I was reading on Reddit, I can't really call what exactly it was, but people were saying when it comes to a business takeover like this, usually you take a couple years to start laying people off because you have to figure out the function of the role. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, I don't know how they figured out what way to to get rid of these people, maybe it was a cost thing, maybe somebody was making a lot of money when they, when, when they were valued at a certain, at a certain standard, you know, for the market. But I think it just comes down to they didn't have enough time. They had, like, what,
1: like a week? He's like, been in power for, like, 15 days.
2: Yeah, he he is, has, he has like, I, I don't think it's just him calling the shots, but I'm pretty sure his committee also isn't really willing to tell him no either. Um, so there's, there's a whole lot of hands in this cookie jar to try and make these big, drastic changes. And to be devil's advocate, Twitter, well, used to be a lot bigger workforce-wise than some of the other big social media giants. I can't say exactly who. But when I saw some of the comments, they were saying, you know, this one was founded by like eight guys. This one is currently like about 3,000 strong. I think Meta has less of a workforce than Twitter does. I'm not too really? sure about that, but I would, I would like to kind of verify that next time. But yeah, it's a big workforce in comparison to a lot of the other social media giants.
0: I, I'm not arguing with you. I, I find that just thinking about what Meta does. Hard mm. to believe only because there's WhatsApp, Instagram, and Oculus.
2: But. Well, it, it doesn't it does not rule out any of the contractors. So we're mm. talking FTEs. Mm. So you okay. know, you know, FTE okay. roles okay. are just at a different standard, but you know, they got probably thousands of other contractors in the game. Okay. That when you put it like that, yeah. that makes sense. So yeah. that that does make sense organizationally, because you need to be able to kind of just really crank out that work. But yeah. uh yeah, for full time hires, they really had a big, big workforce and maybe they saw it as too bloated, but Now they're calling people back. They're realizing that big parts of the development are just probably on one, like, subject matter expert They're calling that dude back. And who's to say dude
1: or or dudette is going to want to come back? That was my thing. I was about to say, if you were just going to fire me at random, I would not want to come back. If I put my heart and soul into a company to be laid off without a notice, without any type of, uh, you know, any type of say-so or, hey, this is what we're doing, this is what we're thinking, I wouldn't come back to you.
0: Yeah. times like this it makes me quote capital one what's in your wallet (laughs) you know seriously though i mean it's that's true i mean i'm being funny but some people don't have a choice you know they got to hit the market well hitting the market will be difficult especially right now people are gonna go oh okay well i mean we kind of had our big great resignation wave shout out to uh WFS episode one: the, qu- the quitting wave. <laughs> you know, you have the Great Resignation and people quiet quitting and all that and leaving. I-, I guess quiet quitting's still a thing right now, but anyway, people are leaving jobs and a lot of those things are being taken up. And like we all know, this time of the year, hiring tends to freeze. Yeah, you know, you've got open enrollment at a lot of companies right now. I mean. Almost every company in, 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 from an enterprise standpoint, its open enrollment is somewhere between October, sometimes September, but October and November. Yeah. So you know they're trying to make that end of the year stretch. You throw a bunch of people out on the street before Christmas comes doesn't look nice. There's just there's just no way that you can from a PR standpoint you're not going to look good, and that doesn't look good whether it's Twitter, another company of his. Tesla or Meta? Yeah. Meta let people off in September. Tesla let people off in September. (laughs) Hey, y'all, this is Edge with a quick edit. So Meta and Tesla did not lay off employees in September. A couple of wires in my brain got crossed. I read two articles that were published in September that talked about, A, Meta's restructuring or reorganization uh, and telling their employees they have 30 days to find new roles, and then Tesla with their return-to-office policy uh, telling remote workers that they need to come back. So, yeah, it happens. I actually say it again one more time, and that is incorrect. However, I do feel like a bit of a profit because the next day after we recorded this episode, Meta laid off 11,000 employees. So, that's pretty crazy. Anyway, sorry to snap you out of your listening experience as you were, and as always, enjoy the show. Peace. So... I don't know, guys. I don't know. That's, uh, this is going to be a, a one to
2: watch for Gotta sure. Got to keep your eye
1: on it, man. And not just, not just, uh, the metrics of it, the actual usage of the app, what's being portrayed on the app, I think is going to, I think you said it earlier, it's, it's going to go kind of red. Um, the blue Twitter, yeah. <laughs> the blue bird might be a little red by the time all this is said and done. There are reports and things like the N word have been, Uh, The usage of it has increased up to 500% uh, since he's taken over in that aspect of being able to say what you want to say. You can say whatever you want to say as long as you're not trying to say it as Elon Musk, I guess. That's kind of how this is going down. Um, But then you have other... Yeah, I mean, he did Green State Kanye. He did uh, little things like that uh, to bring back the speech aspect of it. But like you said, man, one to watch. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how long I'll be on the platform multiple times a
0: day like i am at the moment and that was going to be my question to you is you're our heaviest twitter user i had twitter many moons ago quit it started chasm bam now i'm back on it for me i check it a couple times a day but for you as a person who frequents twitter often you know do you feel that Not just your usage is going to go down, but do you think at some point you may just stop using it from a personal standpoint?
1: I honestly don't know right now. I'm keeping an eye on the things that I see Mm -hmm. um, as of uh, how I'm going right now. I'm reading reports, keeping an eye on what I just truly see on my feed. And I have seen a lot more. I mean, I kind of range in the middle as far as Democrat, Democratic or Republican goes. I've seen a lot more right-wing things that in the last two weeks, and I've seen in the last two years, honestly. And it doesn't truly upset me because I don't really care either way as long as you're not being crazy about it. But as this thing goes on, I can't say that I'll be 100% diehard at Twitter. Like I don't use Facebook really. Um, I I got on Facebook, I think, to promote our first episode of WFS and I haven't been on since. Um, (laughs) I, I don't use Facebook at all. I got off of that wave a good year, year and a half ago. So Twitter's been my only social media output. Now I'm thinking about even even getting off of there. It's something I'm keeping an eye on. I we're doing this, I make music, you know, so there's I'm going to be on Twitter one way or another. But will I be on it daily? Will I scroll and retweet and get a lot of my news? I get a lot of my news from Twitter. Now not any other not you know, I follow verified, even though now anybody can be verified. Yeah, but you right. know, I follow CNBC, I follow Fox News. I follow a lot of different news sources. On Twitter, just to see what they're saying and get my news from there, and then make my own opinion. I was gonna say um, you
0: kind of pull all the sources and say, okay, somewhere in the middle. Yeah, that's where I run after truth.
1: reading yeah. all that. I kind of try to find my own truth in the middle. I, I don't, I don't know, man. I really got to see how this goes. I'm, I'm actually a little skeptical. I'm a little scared. I know there's a lot of people, a lot of big name people like uh, Tony Braxton, McFoley, Gigi Hadid. All these people have said that they're not gonna use Twitter anymore. They're I heard getting too. off of Twitter. Because of new ownership, because of the spike in hate speech that they're seeing um since Elon's takeover. And the more I see it, the less I'll be inclined to get on it. I haven't seen it too crazy. Like I said, there's certain things I'm seeing right now. I don't know if it's so much Elon, so much of the fact that this is voting season, I think that might have a little bit in play of what you're seeing. People are really trying to sway people one way or another. Uh, on the platform right now. We'll see how it goes after the next couple of weeks uh, once all this quiets down. But what I see right now, I don't like it. I can leave it at that. I yeah. Like I, I, My Twitter is
0: kind of like a void. I go in there, I see stuff from you, through the podcasters, a couple of journalists, teams, et cetera, like, as, as mentioned earlier. But I don't know what I'm doing. I get, <laughs> I, don't know, I know I sound old when I say that, and I'm not old. But I get on there, I'm just like, I never, I have never understood Twitter at all. It's just like, I'm following you. I don't even really understand, I I really don't even understand Instagram. I mean, other than, oh, pictures. (laughs) Cool. Don't, you could put pictures on Facebook too, though, can't you? But with with Facebook, there becomes more of the political dialogue and all this other stuff. So... It'll be interesting to see where people go. I heard Mastodon. Mastodon is kind of like an open-source version of Twitter to a to a certain degree. Um, it's decentralized, if I'm not mistaken. You could stand up your own Mastodon servers and federate with other servers. Federate means like... Link them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, link them, and be able to talk to other Mastodon instances. But I don't know. I, I don't think there's enough... People there for that quite yet, and it's funny. I I was listening. I think it was Daily Tech News Show or one of the tech shows where they said, "Oh look, Mastodon is up five hundred percent." And I was like, "Oh great, you know, five (laughs) people." And they only had one user. Great, that's 500%. <laughs> 500 people jumps. Yeah, yeah. so, so that, that had me cracking up.
2: So I got stoked when you said Mastodon, but then I realized you were talking about a platform and not and the not, band. Not, not the band. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when it comes to that, like to put this in terms, that's a decentralized social media platform. Yeah. So will decentralization take precedence here in the social media world? Will it be like finance? Like we've already decentralized finance to a degree with like Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these things. So are people going to take it into their own hands with their own social media? That's, that's, uh, that's a possible lane that people can take, but it depends on how badly they get burned by this thing.
0: Well, they're, they're trying.
2: And when I think about Twitter, I think about the muscle memory associated with Twitter. I think about the, using, the people using this thing constantly. They're swiping and they're tapping and they have this familiar kind of pattern. They have this way they retrieve information. They have this discourse with each other. It's, it's going to leave behind like a phantom limb like yeah. if it does go down. And then people are going to be yearning for something else. But it's going to be an open spot for the next platform to really grip people by functionality. Because that's what people don't really realize. You're, you're not addicted to the timeline or anything. You're just addicted to the way it works and the way it gives you feedback. It's the dopamine. Yeah, it's the dopamine. And Twitter just has that down to an exact science where people will just... I mean, how, how, how long can you spend on Twitter in a day? Like, I mean, I spend a lot of time on Reddit. You know so it's it'd be the same thing same same kind of
1: thing if you want to oh no uh, okay i was gonna say as you're talking about decentralizing things um you know that kind of goes back to what we were talking about the last episode with decentralizing the subscription and media-based platforms that we have you know maybe it's just time for us to put all those things back into our own power pirate some movies instead of getting them from hbo max you know create our own servers uh on things like mastodon instead of swiping through twitter Uh, getting the power back into our own hands in a lot of these media outlets and the things that we see. I think it's just kind of a a reoccurring topic and theme that we're starting to see with the greed uh, that's coming from these corporate entities, um, in my opinion. And uh, WFS disclaimer?
0: We don't condone piracy. It's against the law. But no, buying your own media, hosting it yourself, sharing it with people. Movies Anywhere allows you to kind of do that. There's been Voodoo, uh, Ultraviolet, those kind of services come out for things of that nature. When it comes to social media, again, we mentioned Mastodon. There are some others. Uh, if you go to privacytools.io, they give you a list of other privacy-respecting services that are available. That's, what I, that's how I started using things like Bitwarden, for my past manager, following that, but they've they've got multiple categories of things that you can look at to help uh, get make yourself more private, mm-hmm. and there's social media networking aspects on there. That's where I, I think that's where I learned of Mastodon. Um, TikTok is filling that void though. It's the biggest app in the world. You know, you can't pause it. Well, you can pause it, but you can't rewind it. You can't fast forward. You gotta watch the whole thing. And then start it over. You know, it's like it's like a pimp named Slipback. You gotta say
2: the whole thing. <laughs> well, it's like it's really like a moment in time. It's like a lark. It just catches you and it, it it gives you that first time rush every time.
0: Right. And and it it gives you a false sense of that FOMO, right? If you were missing out. Yeah,
2: and it feels like you're doing something important, which is like a, what a really good addictive application will do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that, that I don't know, guys. Um No no, man. This is this is an interesting one.
1: So, like you said, it's something we're gonna to have to keep an eye on. Uh, see how it see how it goes over the next next quarter for uh, for like Twitter. See what their next quarter looks like. They're kind of follow up on it, maybe see if they they gain followers, lose followers. So I just want to pose one question amidst all this:
2: If we are going the way of decentralization, does it really go against the principles of what the internet was founded for? Because it was supposed to be an open platform for
1: everyone. And this sounds like divide and conquer to me. Isn't well, that what they're doing with what? Isn't that what they're doing with the internet now, though? Well, well the, they're utilizing it in that way.
0: I don't think we're going the way of decentralization yet. Um, on No Platform for You, mm-hmm. where we talked about specifically people on the right that have been deplatformed.
2: Yeah, they found their own.
0: They found their own. You got a guy like Dan Bongino who said something about, Oh, uh, uh, Oh, not Fox news. Uh, sorry. YouTube
2: COVID-19. Oh yeah. That was a big flag. And word
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was talking about vaccines or something. I if free explained it really well. If you listen to that episode of EFS episode two, but he was talking about that and he ended up getting banned. And then I guess the information that he had was right. And, they never reinstated his account. So then he ran over to Rumble. He's got a very popular show on Rumble. And I believe he's back on Fox News now, or he's he's still on there. Because I was scrolling on Pluto TV and saw his name. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I thought that guy was banned. I was like, oh, that's YouTube. Never mind. he's He's still on Fox News. And then he's got something called Parallel Economy. Parallel Economy is a PayPal rival. I mean, it's not really much of a competition. It's PayPal. But... The idea is there, he's um, got a PayPal rival where you can make your mobile payments, things of that nature, send money, receive money. But the idea behind it is that you don't lose money because PayPal doesn't agree with who you are or your platform.
2: Oh, yeah. You can get frozen and all right, that. right. So that's weird that stuff is now gaining market because of ideologies. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you stand mm-hmm. one way or the other, like, this is the app for you. This is the finance app for you. This is the social media for you. Like, that is strange. Christian and Mingle. So. Yeah. <laughs> Farmer's Lonely Baby. Yeah. It's like, it's the same thing. Like, everybody's
0: getting specialized. I mean, you've got, going back to those, you got Truth Social and yeah. you've got, uh, was it Parlor? Yeah. Right. And, as those things now that Kanye owns Parlor, Kanye went from did he did he buy it? He, he, uh, he I know he was in a running to buy it, but but you know that dude with all his antics, and I don't want to talk about that. This is I've already mentioned his name, and I'm irritated, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying I agree with with the guy at uh, at all, and I'm not saying I don't. I just don't want to talk about it. You can go somewhere else for that. All I'll say is the dude went from like six point six or three point three billion dollars, you and know, when I checked online. As of yesterday, the dude's net worth went down to five hundred thousand. I don't think he's gonna be able to afford parlor. Mm. Yeah, you know? he lost a lot. He lost of money a lot a ton in of time. A span he, of two weeks. Hey man, Chappelle said it best. You know, taking a man's uh, is his livelihood is akin to killing a man. And he's he's feeling it. You know, sometimes you gotta know when to shut up. Yeah, we'll
1: we'll uh, go so. ahead and put that one down because <laughs> I got I got some some opinions. On yeah, that yeah, one. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll leave we'll, that one alone.
0: We'll leave that one alone. Yeah, this uh, I don't want to get into all that. Uh, that that one's very complicated. Now, we've talked about the layoffs with Twitter as a follow up to our debut episode, the Quitting Wave, where we talk about quiet quitting. Apparently there is a thing called
2: quiet firing. Are you gentlemen familiar with that? Well, let me try and define it. So you kind of, you get role reductions, you get less hours, you get less assignments over time. And just like Milton from office space, you get moved to the basement eventually. And then you mm-hmm. get forgotten. Yeah,
0: pretty much. This is actually something that is, I, I don't like the term quiet firing specifically for this one, but it's something that employers have been doing um, yeah. for a long time. So my my cousin, shout out to her for sending this article like in the I want to say the eleventh hour before the show <laughs> sent that to me Out off the press. Yeah, yeah. And I I I had something else I wanted to talk about, and I saw this and went, nope, throw that out the window. This is this is this is too good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But anyway, so. I'm looking at an article from uh,
2: the Harvard Harvard excuse me Business Review, and it's called "Are You Being Quiet Fired?" Wow, they're making like they're making it now just it's almost like Buzzfeedy, like right? Those Facebook, right, exactly. Uh,
0: well, and they they say things like, and that's where I actually got information from talking about Tesla and Meta. There are warning signs they give you, right? And I'm just going to highlight a few. They talk about a, a change in. Uh, Your work responsibilities, so you're reassigned, um, you're demoted, you're not assigned new opportunities, right? Uh, Preventing an employee from receiving a well-deserved promotion. Changes related to compensation, as you mentioned, pay cuts, not providing expected yearly bonuses or raises. On a personal level, I can highly relate to that. So that, that, that right there would make you think someone's trying to get rid of me. You know that that's tough. That is really tough. Um, changes related to working conditions. Your hours change, forcing a person, uh, employees to relocate. I won't say any names at all because my friend still works for their employer, but they're in a situation where people have been remote, and they're telling them, "Hey, that was the old regime." Tough stuff. You got to come back. And if you don't come back, you don't have a job. Or you can relocate to one of the offices near, you know, the closest office you can get to. I mean, ridiculous. Um, Changes related to supervisor communication. You've been ghosted or repeatedly canceling meetings. They don't discuss your career trajectory or provide performance feedback. So these are just a few examples uh of of what to expect
1: go ahead um as somebody who i've you know been in a power position in a business before hiring firing people this isn't new in my opinion it's it's not it's nothing new when i want to get rid of somebody who's not performing i can't just outright quit you unless i have specific documentation and things leading up to the fact but if i just one day say you know what i'm over this guy i'm gonna cut your hours I'm going to put you in positions that I know you don't want to be in. Right. I'm going to make you do things that I know you don't want to do. Right. And hoping that you quit. Because if you quit, you can't file for unemployment. There's no claim against me um, when you quit. Now, if I just fire you for no apparent reason without the proper list of documentation, if I fire somebody on a whim and they don't have 12 DARS disciplinary action reports uh, to go with it, then they can file for our unemployment. And then those DARS have to be within a specific uh, time frame. Uh, you know, it has to be the same thing repeated over three to six month time frame. If I don't feel like doing that, I don't feel like going through that, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to put you in the position that you keep asking for. I'm going to, you know, you don't want to, it was a restaurant for me. You don't want to work the dish pit. Well, guess what, man? You want some hours. That's all I got, bro. If you don't, well, there's the door, bro. Those are the two things I got. I have opportunity for employment for you. This is this is what you got to work with, or you're not going to work here at all, uh, kind of deal. That's just the name of the game, it, yeah. in my opinion. And I guess it's becoming more of a thing. More and more people are doing it. It's not just a one off. Don't reveal kinda, too much about yourself. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, <laughs> that was that was a past life, uh, but um, you know, I <clears throat> I know how that game goes. I definitely know how that game goes, and it doesn't surprise me at all. The things you say are things that I've seen. Yeah, it's stuff not taught in the handbook, but something
2: a boss will teach you over time. Exactly. Yeah, it's just like... Great area. What do they call that? Like tribal wisdom? It's Tri- just, tribal knowledge? Tribal knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those things. It's one of those unfortunate like byproducts of the way we all work and the way we all do things. Like 12 dars sounds like a lot over six months. Like That's like two infractions a month. Yeah. It's pretty lenient. Like, you know... For, for normal people with a conscience, I think they'd be able to get over it within the month and just try and rectify it. But we're all human beings. We all, we all make mistakes. Even the people that hire and fire can just have a personal vendetta. So this is the way to circumvent these rules that are put in place. I, I think that
0: if you have an employee who's not performing, as a manager, you owe it to that person to say, hey... You're not doing the thing Mm
1: -hmm. or
0: the things I need you to do. And document, document, document. Does not meet expectations. Does not meet expectations. You got a paper trail. And then it's like, okay, if the company you work for doesn't want to let the person go because they continually do not do what is expected of them, then maybe things like this are I don't want to say justified, Warranted.
2: but they speed it up. They speed yeah. the process up. They'll they'll make it. They'll make it to the point where the person takes it upon themselves to go find another pasture.
0: Yeah, I just I don't know. I I'm, I'm struggling, man, because I
2: well, I don't really think there's morality with that because it's gray.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what I struggle with because without revealing too much about myself, I can say that I I didn't quit. Thank God, I had an opportunity to move elsewhere within my company. But I feel like I was being pushed into a, sim- a situation unjustly, you know. Similar to these signs, I'm reading some of this and going, oh. "Yeah, yeah, oh God, yeah." It almost worked. I I could say I, at one point I I had to look, you know, because uh, I was scared. I was like, I I think I'm being put into a corner where. If I don't quit, I may I may be fired. So I, I can empathize with people on that side that are going, hey, man, uh, I'm not getting the opportunities I used to get. What's going on here? Am I doing anything wrong? No, you're doing great.
1: Okay, yeah. well, it doesn't feel like it. I think that the biggest thing um, to go with that, um, at least in my what I've seen um, in certain professions has a lot to do with the personality of the manager or the team that kind of goes through that. Some people don't like confrontation. Mm -hmm. Some people are anti-confrontational. And if you don't want confrontation and you don't want to have that sit down or you don't know how to have that sit down and lay the things out that need to be done. I I personally was very good at that. Look, dude, this is what I want. This is what I need. You're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. Right. Right. Um, But some people I've worked with, they don't like that sit down they feel like it's either not worth their time or they don't know how to have it and instead of doing things like that they resort to methods like this and Mm -hmm. and some some people
0: in charge may feel like i've laid out the expectations it's my it's not my fault you don't understand and it's it's all about learning your people and, and taking the time to truly understand them right now sometimes it is None of that. It's nothing personal. It is strictly business. The company's telling you, you got to let people go. Yeah. And it is what it is that you, you just got to go. But we can't lay them off because if we lay them off, they can get things like severance.
1: I was about to say severance packages and right. things like that. Yeah.
0: The, and then I don't know how the firing thing works. I don't know how unemployment works. I've never been fired. So I don't quite understand how any of that works. But I will say, if the company can force you to quit, hey. It's on you. That's on you. May the force be with you. That's the life that you chose. Yeah.
2: It really is like an illusion of choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great way to put it. It's a tough way to do. It's a tough way to do things and treat people, but... I don't know. Personally, as somebody who was fired, I had to lose everything to be able to realize that I have every option in front of me. You know? And it was one of those I was in a spot like that. I was just doing work I didn't feel fulfilled in, never got a chance to wiggle out of it. And I let myself fall into bad habits to the point where I got fired. You know, I'm not I'm not ashamed to admit that. Um that was entirely my fault, but it didn't help that my job sucked. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. really didn't. Like it wasn't doing me no favors, like you guys can tell you've seen my energy change over the course of this last couple months. Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just feel better. I just feel better because I'm not being pressed down by this whole feeling of just dread coming into work, you know? And that does go a long way. And people are in a lot worse spots than I am. There's people that have to ride the bus to work, you know, this and that. Can you imagine having your only option in front of you dangled like that? Just, right. just, you right? How uh, else are you going to pay these bills, huh? Yeah, that is really. That's really something too, and you're right. You have to learn your people. You can't just look at their metrics and this and that. Once you, you kind of figure out the nuances, figure out who fits with whom, what they can do to
1: succeed in, put them in position to succeed. Hey, man, you might not be a cook, but you talk well to people. Why don't we put you on this part of the, part of the playing field? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, somebody will. Somebody who wants to see you grow will play to your strengths. You know, and that's not. It's without you having to placate, without you having to just bootlick. You know that a good leader is, indic- is indicative of the work that you're put in front of. Really, and like unfortunately,
1: you- there are so many different jobs and things in life. All of them are looking for leaders and managers, mm-hmm. and you don't get good leaders in all of those positions. Yeah, you just get bosses. Yeah, you just get people that are here to do their job, and but their job is to lead, and they don't know how. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that makes a bad. That's the worst kind of working environment to be in. Yeah, honestly is when you don't have somebody who truly wants to lead. Roll your sleeves up, get dirty with me when we're going down. Don't just yell at me, man. Like, help me. Help me learn. Help me do this, that, or the third. But as you said, and referring back to you, sometimes it's not the, the manager or the leader specifically wanting to do these things. Sometimes those people that sit in those offices are saying, all right, dude, you got 300 employees. We can afford 200. Figure it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's even make it personal. You've got 10 people on your team. I need you to have five. And yeah. you're like, five? Pick your five favorite people. <laughs> How do I pick my five favorite people? Just because you're one of my favorite people doesn't mean that you are my best performer.
1: Yeah, you're best for the So the
0: if, if I have a team of two and it's you two guys and my boss tells me, you know, car or Trey's got to go. I could say, well, Carr is my favorite person, but Trey is my better performer. And I love both of these guys. And this is not how I feel about you two personally, obviously. But just let me be be clear. (laughs) Um, But if you're in a situation like that, that's hard. That is really hard. And then blow it back up to that five, that team of 10, excuse me, and then that team of 100, and then the thousands. And- it becomes less personal once you get to that level. But let's be clear here. We're still talking about people.
2: Yeah. People still have to come home, explain to their significant others, what or look happened? at their dog and just look like, damn, I'm going to get your dog food. I was about right. to
1: say, when you have that that group of 10, it's like, man, these five may be my best performers, but I know this guy's got two kids and his wife doesn't work and can't work or this out of the third. Yeah. This guy's wife is eight months pregnant how am I, how do I make that decision? Like that's, it's sticky. Uh, You know how sticky it gets? Uh, That's a Drake song. You know, I really,
2: I really do wish in my life, this is like a personal aspiration, but I do hope I can get into a leadership role at some point, just so when I get presented with these decisions, I can make the right choice. And what I feel is justifiably right. But you know, my morality is different than other people. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I hope I have enough vision to be able to do something like that, to be able to make a good conscious choice when those issues get presented to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I wanted to just read, there's 10 things here uh, in this article that I thought were, they're like massive bullet points. I thought were really good. So it, it says, you know, what you can do or what can you do if you're being quietly fired, rationally diagnose the situation. I'm glad that's number one because it's easy to think that everybody's out to get you.
2: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, once you, once you stop thinking with your heart, it really, right. it really gives you a better perspective.
0: It, exactly. When you say to yourself, well, you know what? Yeah, I do tend to do these things, or I can see why they are getting upset with me. Yeah, okay, nah. okay. You know, that's that. If you start thinking about some of the feedback and the constructive criticism that your leadership has given you, and it's like, you just don't listen, bro. You're not doing, you're not pulling your weight. Yeah, you know what, man? I kind of kind of do work about 38 and a
2: half hours. So with that being said, how hard is that to be able to self-admit and self-repair those things? That, I think that first step is the most important, really. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: It is something that you have to check at the door, your ego, that is. You mm-hmm. have to check that at the door and say, you got to be introspective.
2: Yeah. You got to be
0: willing to look inside. Right, right. Sometimes, and we're all three, all three of us are thinkers here. You can get lost in your own head. Yeah. Sometimes you got to know when to pull yourself out of yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) and move it along. But yeah, rationally diagnose the situation. And then the first question that I asked, I thought this was great. Are you really being quietly fired? Like paranoia gets people. Yeah. You know, somebody comes in and they say, hey, we're going to make a change. What do you mean that you're going to make a change?
2: Yeah, some people just see it as the glass half empty right away.
0: Right, it's like so. Going back to us as a team of three, if I say to Trey, "Hey, hey, man, I'm gonna have Car run the Twitter," you know, and Trey's feeling some type of way, whoa, 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 whoa that's my job. I'm the Twitter guy. Yeah, what the heck, dude, you about to kick me off the podcast? I'm Chief Twit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that that, that 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 can come off as either two things. A enlightening of responsibility or getting that taken away from you. you right. Know? So right. it depends on the person really. But um, I think, I think this culture really lends itself to just a lot of people do think the glass is half empty when it comes to change, especially yeah. in the workplace. Cause from what they've seen over the years, they've seen people come and go anytime change happens, it kind of, there's a, there's a strange feeling in the air that doesn't always indicate uh, stability.
0: Yeah. So number two says knowledge is power. Mm hmm. To ensure you're up to date on what kinds of changes to your working conditions aren't acceptable, it's critical to familiarize yourselves with the company's rules and regulations. Yeah, I mean, I think that's self-explanatory. Mm. Document the good. Mm. Document the bad. That's actually something I've been doing personally Yeah. Um, for years. You know, we have this thing where we have to write our accomplish, accomplishments down. Oh, you know, speaking of which, I need to do mine at work. <laughs> That's a nice reminder for myself, but you have to document your accomplishments for the last quarter so they can say, okay, you had all these accomplishments, did you achieve them? Or how close are you to achieving it by the time this section of the year, this this quarter closes, right? So you document, hey, these are all the things that I've done. These are the things that I'm still struggling with, etc." and document what you see. Like I, I keep a nice little log of that stuff because it helps me with my own development and then it helps me when I have my one-on-one with my leadership to say, hey, man, here's what's going on, good and bad, but they appreciate that candid feedback. So I think regardless of whether you think you're being quietly fired, you should do that anyway. Communicate openly and proactively. That is self-explanatory. If you're concerned about the situation, approach your supervisor and have an open and honest conversation about how you feel. Palms open. You know, not clenched fist. Seek legal help. Now, if you think it's going to be that serious, it's a big mm, deal. That's a that's a that's a big one. Um I'm going to skip number 7 and come back to it. <laughs> Quietly quit. This is number 8.
2: <laughs> mm. we can all refer to episode one if you if you guys are curious it, yeah
1: that? we're
0: gonna say that again for, yep. uh, number no nine for that. take legal action number ten before quitting negotiate mm. you may not always have that option I can see why that's number ten now I'm gonna go back to number seven
2: protect your mental health that's a big deal
0: the stress associated with being quietly fired can take a substantial toll on your mental health to help you cope with these challenges, consider working with a therapist, counselor, or other professional. You can also reach out to friends, family, colleagues, and colleagues who can both provide support and offer advice, tactical mm-hmm. advice. I wanted to read all of that because I thought that this was very important. Yeah, We don't stress the importance of
2: mental health enough, period. Still like weird woo-woo stuff to the older generations. Right. You know, right. and it's something that we get now because we have a lot of screen time, to be honest. Like even if we don't want to acknowledge it, it's still an ad that we see somewhere on a social media platform talking about mental health.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it you know, and I hate to pick on our people, but you know, we are black and brown people here. Yeah. And, you know, there's the whole masculine masculine thing, like, oh man, man, chill out. You think you got problems? I was actually talking to a group of my buddies um, just yesterday via text. One asked uh, about the not toxic masculinity per se, but about mental health in the regards that if you reach out and you express that you're having an issue to people in your family or your friend group, other friends basically invalidate the way you're feeling and, We were all saying that we had a lot of support for the most part, but I've had friends, and and you guys can elaborate here more in a second. um, But I've seen other friends where their parents are like, "You think that's bad? That's nothing. You know, it's like getting a cut on your finger, right?" And say, "Man, that cut on my finger really hurts." And they're like, "Oh yeah, John lost a
2: leg." Yeah, it minimizes. <laughs> yeah, it minimizes the impact, and it right. makes it makes you feel like your like your plight isn't that important, and yeah. that's like a universal thing that a lot of, I guess, minority cultures really go through. Like, yeah, yeah. Jimmy lost a leg. You just you know you stubbed your toe,
0: or like, or you broke a finger. <clears throat> let's be a little bit more. Yeah, you know, a little bit a little bit more dramatic, right? You broken. You broke a finger, broken an arm, and it's like Jimmy lost a leg. Well, I'm not comparing a broken arm to a lost leg. I'm just saying this really hurts. This this affects.
1: Me, Yeah. So Whatever it could be. That's, it just, could... that's how it is in our communities, though. You keep that inside you no matter how hard it is or how hard it could be. Yeah, keeping it inside and it
2: comes out somewhere weird, like at your kid's pickup game and you're yelling at the or other coach. Or it results, like, in, <laughs> well, <good> Lord,
1: results <laughs> in other things that plied our communities. You know, you end up doing things that you shouldn't be doing in order to cope with those things Right. that you don't know how to express because you never, you were never given the opportunity or the avenue to express those feelings because people always shot you down when you Cause you don't ever come out with everything, right? You, it's a little piece. You give you give somebody a little taste of how you're feeling, and then if they, you know, smack that out your hand, you don't revisit it. You don't bring that back out of there. You just yeah, it's not yeah, it's not
2: accessible to that person anymore. That part of you, right, right. So I had this idea in my head that I was mulling over because. Uh, born and raised in San Antonio for better or worse like I may not be into sports but I am sports adjacent mm-hmm. so I think everything that trickles down does trickle down to me at some point mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about Josh Primo cuz he's a he was the Spurs most promising rookie from what I'm gathering and he's gotten into quite a bit of trouble lately
1: wow yeah, yeah. <laughs> trouble
0: trouble's one way to put that
2: <laughs> trouble uh he's gotten into quite a bit of things you know he got released from the spurs he got his contract waived. so we could just put it that to start there but let's kind of go over what's happening and what we know right now objectively objectively as facts and what we can kind of talk about on the peripherals of that and and all the implications because i think at its core in my opinion it's a mental health issue but it's not about the individual it's about how an organization can manage those things but we'll, we'll, we'll circle back
0: well, let's, let's start with who Josh Primo is. Yeah, go for it. Canadian basketball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe me, went to Alabama. Mm-hmm. He was the number 12 pick in the 2021 NBA draft by the San Antonio Spurs. Lottery go Spurs. Pick. Yeah, lottery pick. Go Spurs, go. Um. The Spurs have undergone changes over the last couple years. They've gotten rid of some pieces of uh, some players who we've assumed would be I don't want to say lifers, but long term players because that's how they've built their culture. Mm-hmm. That's just what they do. Um, we got rid of we, they got rid of DeJounte Murray, who was a big player recently. Derek White went to the Boston Celtics. He was mm-hmm. a core player for the Spurs. I'll get the primo in a minute. Um but these are guys who are considered very important to the organization and fan favorites. Once they were, got rid of those guys, it became a thing where, hey, you, Primo, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, other guys who are on the roster, it's your time. We are actually building through you. The Spurs gra- uh, drafted, because they picked up all these draft picks, two guards and a forward this year. And the idea was that Primo was going to be part of this future, have a massive role. And then he got hurt during summer league, right? Trey, it was during summer yeah, league. He yeah, he got he uh, was hurt, he hurt so or sick.
1: No, he got hurt. That's um, right, because so, so, Sohan is the yeah, one that he, got COVID. He had COVID. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. so they he got hurt. <clears throat> Our pick this year, the number ninth pick in the draft, Jeremy Sohan. They benched both of those guys and just said, "Cool it, summer league." Hmm. Okay. Primo comes in, makes a pretty solid impact. I, I I still didn't feel like this kid was ready, but he is, for all intents and purposes, again, he is part of that core going forward. Yeah. And then this news breaks out that he's been cut from the Spurs. And Primo got ahead of it, and this happened before the Chicago Bulls game. I can't remember what exact day or week, but I know they were going to play the bulls, but Primo got ahead of it, got on Twitter or social media and said, you know, Hey, just want to thank the San Antonio Spurs organization. I'm dealing with some mental health issues, yada, yada. I'll try to find it when we're talking, but I'm paraphrasing. He said said all that stuff. And I said, Oh, okay, cool. There's no foul play. Cause when you hear somebody getting cut quickly, and the Spurs aren't really known for doing that, yeah. you, your, your brain automatically goes, oh, shoot. What happened? Yeah, who'd you piss off? And like He must have had an argument with Pop. Because <laughs> the last time we saw a player really kind of uh, disappear like that was Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. And before that was, God, uh, Dennis Rodman. And Dennis <laughs> Rodman really didn't disappear. He just didn't really gel with the organization. Yeah. So that's who Josh Primo is in a nutshell.
1: Kind of follow up on a couple of things. So he was cut. It was October 28th. Thank you. Um, was the day that he was cut, um, which was, I think, right before the Bulls game. It was the night before the Bulls game. Um, everything else he said was right on the money. Me personally, as a Spurs fan, I was really looking for Ford Primo's sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to take a big leap this year. He uh, was known for his scoring ability and his jump shot. He added on a good bit of muscle. He bulked up big time during the offseason. So I thought he was going to be, you know, NBA ready. I was excited for Primo. Um, I was, after losing Murray, like, he was the one that I was most excited to have on the Spurs this year. Um, but it just, it was very shocking the way things kind of came out or the swiftness of with the Spurs. then, like, like you said, they don't do that. Uh, we don't cut players in the beginning. You, you know, you, you if you go through, now if we would have cut him at the end of training camp, you know, it seems a, that happened. You you have a 20-man roster. You have to shrink down to 15. You have to make cuts. That's how training camp and, and the preseason goes for basketball. For football too, it's a bigger roster, but you have to make cuts right before then. Right. Um, so for him to make the roster and then be cut to, I think the season started on the 15th, so maybe third, two weeks into the season. Yeah. It's, it's just not the Spurs way, but there's nothing really about this. It's the Spurs way as far as the entire situation is uh, concerned, uh, specifically with Primo. Him getting ahead of it uh, with the mental illness, uh, I guess we can call them claims yeah. at this point um, because of everything else that's transpired since then. I don't know if it was a complete PR move or, or exactly what was behind it. I i hope you wouldn't put that out there and it not be truthful um, I've actually right. tried to find some things about his upbringing. Because, you know, you can look up Kawhi's upbringing, right? You know what happened to his dad. Rough. Um, right. You know, and stuff like that. Um, so you can see how uh, his uncle can persuade him or be a big key or factor in his life. I haven't been able to really find much on his upbringing other than his sister played collegiate basketball. I can't remember the team that she played for. Mm. Um, him coming out of Canada. he's born in 2002, I think, uh, is what I saw. But the situation as a whole is the first messy situation in my lifetime that I've seen San Antonio get in. Really? Honestly. I mean, I wasn't really paying attention during the Dennis Rodman days. I started paying (laughs) attention in 97 when we drafted Timmy. You know, that's when I started being able to recognize basketball in the game as a whole and follow the game as a whole. This is very unspurs-like, but- that might be why he's gone. I mean, that is the reason why he's gone. That might be. That is the reason why he's gone because this is not how the Spurs operate. We're not going to let somebody, we're not going to be the Houston Texans <laughs> <and> the <DUs laughs> after your allegations come out, just leave you on the roster even though you can't play for an entire year. Like, no, these things happen. You're you're done for. That's just how I see R.C. and Pop and all of them kind of handling that business. But to flip it to a mental health side of things, it, there very much could be we talked about just a minute ago how people of us people of our nature don't get the chance to kind of speak about these things and, mm-hmm. and we find weird ways to cope with those things it could be a, a drug usage or flipping out at a game uh like you said earlier it could be you know showing somebody something they don't want to see to make yourself feel good. You know, I don't, I don't really know the it's and ands about that specific avenue of it. Yeah. So, so
2: with that, I mean, gotta kind of let the court case play out to really, I guess, comprehend what's going on. But, you know, in a nutshell, basically he's got allegations against him from one of the psychologists from the Spurs, Mm -hmm. former psychologist. Um, We can even put that she got, you know, quiet fired in a way because her roles diminished over time. And, she was working from home and then she eventually got let go and she felt like she was silenced, which is why she had to make this whole thing public. Um, there's different sides to this story that have not all been corroborated yet. So it's kind of too early to tell who's on the right side of things. But the fact is that it stinks. It stinks bad. Yes. And there's there's factors in this where both parties are just really coming up. And it's like, it's not, a, even I know this, it's not Spurs-like. Right. Like, like, I don't even, like, I'll pay attention to basketball every now and then. Like I said, I'm from the city. You have to at some point. But I know that there's, like, an institution there. There's, like, a dynasty there. There's, like, standards there. And I think you're right. I think this is the only, this is one of the only situations where a player has has had their actions lead to their dismissal. I mean, the only other scandal I could think of was when Doc Rivers got his house burned down. But that wasn't his fault.
1: Or right. uh, what was right. his name? Um, Antonio Daniels. Didn't he choke somebody? Was it Antonio Daniels? Oh, <laughs> I don't remember that. Then, there was somebody. I don't know if it was Antonio Daniels or somebody else, but he didn't get let go. It was just like a thing. He got in a fight at a basketball court and allegedly choked somebody or something mm-hmm. like that. It was in, I think it was Antonio Daniels, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But, but I was young back then, so I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, but when I think
2: about this on a mental health aspect, if what the psychologist was saying is actually true, and I'm treading very, very shaky water right now because we don't know. We honestly don't. Um, I've seen a lot of ugly comments on YouTube about one way or the other, like, oh, she would have been able to report this sooner if if it really happened to her or whatever. But when it comes down to it, if these allegations are even remotely true, the mental health issue for me stems in from an organization, the organization, the Spurs, and this goes for most sports teams, too. It would basically come down to where if this all did happen to this person... It kind of shows you that they're treating mental health as like this secondary necessary thing that they have to do and account for by law. It's not really put there to take care of the players. It's to really just kind of waive the organization from any liability. And that's not the way you deal with mental health. And no. especially with a young with a young guy like him. He's Primo's like, what, 19? 19, 19 yeah, he years
1: turned, old. He, yeah, he's 19. I think he's about to turn 20.
2: Yeah, like anybody... Anybody, I give I give anybody this chance to go into their 18th year with four million dollars in their pocket and not come out the other side with a little bit of issues, you know, and not to say that there's issues, but there's stuff that needs to be addressed and needs to be kind of you know worked on. That's anybody. I didn't know what I was doing when I was 18. Dude, I didn't even know what I was doing when I was 29. That was a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) So when it comes down to that, I just see I see a big hole there. I see something. I can see
1: that they need to help those players. Adjust to the lifestyle that they're getting into a little bit better, so they don't go absolutely crazy or make stupid decisions.
0: Yeah. Actually. Um, and, and just to clarify some things, because we've been talking about what he did, what he did, allegations, what he did. The allegations are that Josh Primo exposed himself to a counselor. I thought it was multiple, but maybe it's just it's the just one, one multiple just, times. Yeah. Oh, that's
2: it. Thank it's you. Like nine times, apparently.
0: Yeah, so he exposed himself to this counselor multiple times. The counselor says that she notified the Spurs. She's filing a lawsuit against Primo and the Spurs because she said she's notified them. They said they were going to open their own investigation and waited 10 months to fire this guy. So this has been habitual. In the words of Charlie Murphy, he's a habitual line stepper. Bad joke, but that is unacceptable. I don't think it takes 10 months if if true. If true. Well, obviously it's true he exposed himself.
1: But I, I don't know what's true about how long it took. I find but time frame, sorry, go
0: ahead. I think that if they waited 10 months to really fire this guy and investigate, that that seems like an awfully long time. You know, and I know they're trying to build for the future. And if what if they're trying to put the franchise first, what does that mean? What does putting the franchise first mean? Does it mean doing your due diligence in an investigation and looking at all the factors that play? Does putting the franchise first mean trying to make sure they don't look bad in all this? It could be both of those things and none of those things.
2: We have to let things unravel I because agree. We have to let we have to let the facts out in these, in this kind of case, especially yeah. in the court case, because we don't know who was involved, we don't know who was informed, we don't know who was misinformed, we don't know all the moving pieces quite mm-hmm. yet, and you know we got to see what's going to get presented in evidence and discovery and all that. What's being what, like internal emails and oh, all those right. things. So, right.
1: as far as her like initial reports go, I guess. Um, so he initially exposed yourself in. Um, January, she asked me with the general manager, Mr. Wright, um, they didn't officially meet until March. Then they meet again in April at the end of the season. And he's like, okay, well, what do you want us to do? Well, I want you to investigate. I want you to get to the bottom of it. And then, so from, so that starts, that's April to November. So that's a six month time period. You have to think about the fact that they take about two months in that time off, like completely off season. I, I don't think anything's going on in the off season. I mean, there should be some sort of something happening, but if everybody's off and you work 10 months out of the year, like I, you know, okay, well, we'll, we have our facts. We put our file down. We go vacation, pick it up when we come back. You stretch it out to 10 month span. This is, I found this on Kent five. You stretch it out over a 10 month span from the initial alleged incident to the release of him. I think you can shorten it up to about six months. I think a proper internal investigation should take anywhere from six weeks to eight weeks, two months or so, given, you know, given a fact that's you take another month out for, I I don't think, I do think the Spurs still kind of look bad, but I don't think it's like, oh, well, we let a year or two go by before anything happened about this, you know, it's, it's, it's chronological in something. Now there are some things I think they did um, in her report that I find just unacceptable. Like they asked her to continue to meet with Josh Primo after she after she allegedly brought that up. Like you don't yeah. do that. Like, yeah. you don't do that. Well, that's something well, will you, you
0: please keep talking to him? We know he showed you his thing, but come on, <laughs> come on. Yeah, man. like you that, that that's, <laughs> no.
1: that's 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 ridiculous. Like, you don't you don't ask somebody to do that. Now you don't have to. You don't fire either person in that regard until you can conduct a re- an investigation. But this is the San Antonio Spurs. They have, you know, they, they have other people that can talk to him. Um, the little things like that, I find, like I said, unacceptable, but I think the time frame for, from it, uh, from an internal investigation should have took anywhere from, like I said, that two, maybe three month period. You take two months off in between that because you're not going to do any work. Maybe, um, you give that five months, five to six months from the time the investigation started. Seems not too crazy for me. Yeah. yeah.
2: Just looks like bad optics when it comes in the middle of the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like they should have hastily wrapped that up. Like I said, before the end of training camp, I think would have been a perfect time to wrap this up and cut him.
0: I don't I don't think there's any good time for this to come out honestly at all, because of who they are. No. You I, know? Yeah. You know, if this was this was the Brooklyn Nets, <laughs> the L.A. Lakers. You know, I'm two teams.
2: Glad you didn't say the Clippers. Thank you. <laughs> two teams. No no, 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 no. Two, let's, let's team, two teams. Two teams
0: that. that are that have got their own drama. Heck, even the Knicks. And I mean, given what we know now, the Celtics. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're looking at these four teams. I mean, if it was one of those kind of teams, we'd be going, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. 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 That's, that that sounds about right. But because it's the Spurs who have been a model franchise
1: 25 plus years. Yeah.
0: Pop has been with the team 27 years as a coach. You know. <sighs> Dude, I mean that's just it's a tough pill think, to
1: swallow. I think though I do think every organization, I mean I may just be just a Go Spurs goer to the end of me man, but I think every organization is bound to have some sort of scandal every Every so often, you know, like not oh, yeah. big time, but you're going to have something. You're drafting these players. You only get, you know, you you study them for a year. You bring them in. You interview them for two months, and then you you take a chance on them. Um, and you know what? Spurs finally drafted somebody that they sh- shouldn't have took a chance on, or it seems they yeah. shouldn't have, you know, taken that chance on. But again, coming back to what Carr said earlier, you're going to hand an 18-year-old four or five million dollars First of all, he's probably getting everybody. You know, he's in the everybody wants me, man. Uh, you know, he's probably spending way too much time at UTSA. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, with no issues, kind of. You know, yeah, hey, I feel like not a mental illness, but there's something off of there. You know, everybody, everybody wants me. Everybody wants to see what I got. Everybody wants to this Saturday the third. Yeah, but, I don't ever get turned down. They don't ever tell me no. Yeah, um, he's probably been a star since early high school.
0: Yeah. I finally found a statement by the way. Go for Um, it. So he released a statement to ESPN saying, I know that all of you are surprised by today's announcement. I've been seeking help to deal with previous trauma. I suffered and will now take this time to focus on my mental health treatment more fully. I hope to be able to discuss these issues in the future so I can help others who have suffered in a similar way. I appreciate privacy at this time. When that first came out, it was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, good for you, Josh. Do what you gotta do. And oh boy, when it came out that he was uh, playing hide and go, you know, hide and seek pee pee. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he he was trying to be the flash and, and right now you don't want to be Ezra Miller either. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's just sad. That's just sad, man. Um I, I crack a joke, but this is some serious stuff, man. You you can't you just can't do that. I mean, I'm gonna pick on your boy Carr. Did he not learn anything from Louis C.K.? <laughs> Come on, man. Come yeah, on, true. man. Yeah, like,
2: a lot of stuff comes to light over time.
0: There was a whole yeah. movement about yeah. this not too long ago. Yeah. Come on, man. Like time's up.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of these. I don't know. He's once again, we kind of got to chalk it up to age and wisdom and mental health. Young guy, yeah. you know, troubled, yeah. most likely troubled. I mean, he took the defense right away yeah. saying it's a mental health issue. So we got to see how things unravel ultimately. But yeah, I mean, I, this, anybody with common sense would just, uh, you know, try and do the right thing. But you especially know,
1: after everything that's gone on with um, uh, Mr. Watson, you know, there's been oh, yeah. so many aspects of this in the news recently people think, have been dragging people through the mud for things like this you think mm-hmm.
2: that i think that lawyers on both cases actually for the the watson case and the primo case yeah the really? one who yeah, uh, yeah the you guys making some the money the one that's
1: here. Uh, you're talking about the the litigator like primo's lawyer or no no
2: the the not he well, i guess primo's the defendant or we're right. talking about like the yeah.
1: the accuser's yeah. lawyer. Yeah,
2: yeah, the accuser lawyer
1: is the same yeah. one. Yeah, she, have, she represented a lot of people in that case. Yes, yes sure, I'm Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, so got I mean, ish,
0: got issues with sexual misconduct when it comes to
2: athletes. I'm the lawyer you need. <laughs> I'm gonna have a great year. I'm gonna buy a yacht. <laughs> man, man. You oh, mean? yeah. I don't know. It's part yeah. of that's exploitative, but you know, also it's a it's a you know it's a niche that that lawyer can fill too, and it, it is a popular
1: topic. It's a hot topic right now. It is. It is a hot topic. I think a lot of this kind of gets chalked up to all these people are young man they're they're young people and I think a lot of it gets chalked up to social media and the acceptance of these people that you know want to be seen want to be felt want to be loved want to be liked mm-hmm. right it, it, in some way shape or form they feel like they deserve that and I think it kind of kind of all stems back into that specific not you know specifically in these two cases I, I don't know what kind of issues you know primo's gone through in his life uh, or anybody else who's kind of had these accusations kind of can go, go through but i think we're kind of coming into an age where this mental health microscope is kind of so overly examined and overly it's I'm afraid that people are before we can even really dive into the subject and get good um you know good closure feedback and people can really start opening up to what they're going through we're going to get desensitized to it before we can open up to it if that makes sense Mm
0: -hmm. it does and I want to be careful with some assumptions not saying that you you said anything problematic I, I don't mean it like that my mind says young guy as Carr mentioned multiple times 19 years old fresh out of college here's some millions
2: how did you feel as a young man when y'all got your first job i you- bought a guitar amp with my first big paycheck i didn't i didn't buy a new car like i needed to or anything car did not get a car car got an amp i i listened <laughs> to
0: a podcast Club Shay with Shannon Sharp, yeah. and he had Dwight Howard. You know what Dwight Howard did when he got his first paycheck? What he did? He bought his mom a
2: house. Oh yeah,
0: and a laptop. <laughs> <laughs> this is a dude from like poor dude from Atlanta. Yeah, he's like, I gotta buy a laptop. He said it wasn't even a good laptop. <laughs> he's like, I'm seven feet tall. And I got a little thirteen inch laptop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm all hunched over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you take a guy and and I mean maybe it's different in Canada, Canada as I like to say. I don't know Josh Primo's financial status as far as his upbringing goes, but I'm thinking because of some of the trauma he's referenced, you know, he he didn't have it quite easy. Money doesn't have to be the end all be all in that factor. Right. But a guy who is obviously got some issues. He's rich. Smelling myself. I'm powerful. I got, all these people in this organization, on this team saying, hey, we got rid of our number one guy to make room for you. If if Primo's not the number one guy, he's part of, like as we mentioned earlier, he's part of that core going forward for the foreseeable future. So they're telling you, we've invested in you. He's probably feeling untouchable to a certain degree. You know, he's, he's feeling like you can't touch me. I'm gonna pull this thing out. What are you gonna do? I'm Josh Primo. What are you? I, and, and again, that's why I said I wanted to be careful with assumptions. I'm just kind of thinking that scenario out. It it could be one of those things where he doesn't even realize he's doing it. He just it could be an insecurity thing, a nervous thing. It's he he he's bad at picking up signs. Yeah. I don't know if the woman's attractive or not. Maybe he finds her attractive. Or he thinks, hey, she thinks I'm attractive. She she talks to him in a comforting way, and he's like— Misconstrued. Oh. He's yeah. mis- yes, he he read the signal wrong, and he's
1: like, oh, I'm going to— This is a proposition. Hey. Back on the timeline of all this, I don't think— Well, you never know. I don't really think the Spurs trade DeJounte Murray if they know all this is going to be factual with Josh Primo. They, they traded him in the offseason. Do you really think they get rid of their best player— they don't think they have a, a, a star guard in the in the making. I think they. Ha-
0: I I still think he was going to go. They got these two other guards. They really like Blake Wesley a lot.
1: They liked that was him a lot. before the fact, wasn't it though? Yes, you're right. You are correct. That was before you they are, drafted are, them. Yeah, you are. You are correct. So I don't. I just just you know. I guess I play a lot of if, TK if, and from a well, if if you do ten, if if you do
0: ten, even six months ago, let's just go back six months. They didn't even get rid of him at that point. No. They didn't even trade him then.
1: No, they didn't. I I don't think they, I I really don't think they saw it coming. And, 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 you know, like, I don't think you can say something about it. You have to investigate before you go through the facts. And I just don't think they would have traded DeJounte Murray if they would have known for a fact they were going to have to get rid of Primo or if Primo was doing something completely vile, if they had viable proof. I don't think well, there are other there. factors
0: at play, or maybe they did. Maybe they that's the reason why they got guards because we're going to get into a tad bit more into the sports talk of this thing. But there were rumors when Primo, excuse me, when Murray was shipped out in yeah. trade that he was notified the Spurs I'm not going to resign. Yeah, that's true. There was um, there, there was ball. talks of that. That was that, again, that, that's rumors. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's not, but he's not with San Antonio, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And then, if they got word that Primo was doing this stuff way back then, when you really think about the math, they added two guards. We got to get these knuckleheads out of here. Mm. You know, it's not looking good for us if we keep this guy in the long term. So maybe that's what they did. They banked on, hey, DJ, DJ doesn't want to stay. He made the all-star team. We can get a lot for him. So let's go ahead and do that. And then Primo, it's not looking good from an in, from an investigation standpoint. You know, yeah, let's once get a, we
1: wrap this up, we're gonna have to go right. to him too. And so, so let's get
0: going full circle back to what I said a few minutes ago about trying to make it look good for the franchise. Maybe that's what it was, or or I I forgot exactly what the wording I did, but basically, how can we still come out? on top because they're a business yeah you know as much as we like to think about this as entertainment and it is entertainment
2: yeah it's hearts and minds man
0: how do how do they entertain you through the business of basketball and so they're like okay cool we've got a head case sorry sorry to be insensitive
2: yeah allegedly
0: allegedly a, a, a head case and a guy who doesn't really want to be here who you saw his twitter after he left san antonio He's starting to talk some stuff. Yeah. So, you know, maybe there are some things going on beside, behind the scenes um that the Spurs didn't like. And actually, he actually
1: d- saw something that said that some of the things that he were referencing about San Antonio being having a lot of problems coming up in the next few years. Right. Referencing that. The, the primo allegations before yeah. they came back. The
0: now actually, you know what? That's funny because he did say that. Yeah. He did say that, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. So and maybe he was
1: like, shh. Glad I got out of there when yeah, I did. Let me get out of here. Let me skate out of here.
2: Yeah. Straight. That's re- that's really good insight, guys. I I, I didn't put those pieces together because I didn't know, but that paints a bigger picture for me. And I wanted to pose one more question. Sure. Just maybe to the audience at this point. If you were given that amount of money and you knew the repercussions of that, and for me, the repercussions are every door is available to you now. There is no locks on your life. Which doors would you choose to open? Or you can't really get out of the ones that you open sometimes, you know?
1: Which doors would you mm. be able to resist walking through? Yeah.
2: Like, if you have everything on your plate, like, you, nobody tells you no. They tell you you're the future of the franchise. You get these delusions of grandeur. Where do you go? You know? It's just one of those things that I think about. And it does it does really weigh on me because it's, it's a young guy's life, you know? I saw a lot of really hateful comments on YouTube that I won't get into, but ultimately people were just really summarizing, like, why are you going to try and stop this young man in his tracks? And maybe it's not about that. Maybe it's about the doors that he went through and the consequences he has to face because he walked through them. And Maybe it's selfish fans. You know? People live through vicariously everything. Like, everything. Like, everything that we go through, we all consume and we all want to be this person.
0: A, a brother of ours. Park. You know, we talked about it. I won't say exactly what he said, but I'll fast forward to my response to what he said in our Discord. Like, just because this guy plays for our favorite team, that doesn't mean he gets a pass. Yeah, And I'm paraphrasing myself. It was something to that effect. But, you know, sure, we definitely need more evidence or or, or more details would be nice on the situation. But we're not, as a public, entitled to that. Because we're not going to be the ones suiting up in a court of law. That's that's between her, the Spurs, and Josh Primo. So the fact that we hear this much, hey, it, it, you know, there it is. That's what we get. That's what that, we got to go with. That's, that's what we have to go with. We have to go with what's being presented and move on and say, you know what? That sucks. I hope it works out for all parties involved. We're not losing any sleep over it. Spurs are still balling, so I'm all right. right. I'm Hey, man, fire up the tank machine. Let's get that kid from France. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, you know, you, people can make that conscious choice to do whatever they want. They can watch. They can not watch. They can boycott. They can do whatever they want. But that's the beauty of this world and your life. You can take control of what you can consume. I, I will say, as
0: a fan mm-hmm. of, of basketball first, Spurs second genuinely i love the spurs of death they're my favorite team but if i find out that the spurs are dirty like to the point it makes me sick to my stomach i won't stop watching basketball i just won't root for the spurs anymore i can i, I it would hurt me to have to do that and tear down this corner of my of my office yeah, I'm, I'm literally <laughs> next
2: to tony parker and like yeah, there's, there's
0: years of history there man. man i'm on spurs avenue right now yeah literally and you know it, it would hurt but my morals as a person i, I can't drop that no, you know okay. we start talking about how we idolize people in entertainment in media and we put them on this pedestal and we forget that they're people and they're broken just like we are in their own way. You know, yeah. there's a band I used to listen to. Uh One of my favorite new metal albums of all time was the fake sound of progress by the lost Prophets. man. And their lead singer, Ian Watkins. So rampant.
2: Uh, you
1: told me
0: about this. Yeah. Child. I don't even want to say it. Kids. Yeah, yeah dude, he does I put horrible up, like, things. Horrible, yeah. horrible, horrible, horrible things. I'm a dad. I love that album. That album predates me being a dad. That al- that album predates me having my wife. I got rid of it. I just I just threw it away. And it's not that anybody would come in my house probably and go, oh, you got the you got the Lost Prophets album. You nasty weirdo. No, I just yeah. I in the back of my mind. That's all you could think about. I, you know? I, it's like what are these what's what are these songs about now? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You look at like R. Kelly. I'm gonna ruin this song for everybody. Ooh. Ignition, mama, rolling that body got every man in here wishing. That lyric hits me differently now. I'm going. Mm, was he talking about a little kid in the room mm. Mm, or an underage young lady? That that just doesn't sit well with me. So I I can't. I I'm not saying anybody else has to stop listening to Lost Prophets or or R. Kelly, whatever. That's your prerogative my brain just works differently
1: yeah yeah no i get it can't get over you know well
2: like just check this out this is to you again the listener what you like is not your real identity you can be comfortable with the fact that you can write off certain groups and take them away from your life because it's not you it's never going to be you if you identify so hard to the point where it ruins your identity then you need to really look back and look inside because lost profits uh, brand new I loved brand new I still do but I know that the lead singer did some pretty bad stuff allegedly you know Mel Gibson Mel Gibson crazy like we don't even need to get into his taxi rides and all that stuff like I
0: love I love the lethal weapon movies as a kid. I can't <laughs> I love, even I can't even look
2: at them. Bro. yeah I loved apocalypto like you know I thought it was I thought it was insane but yeah there's a lot of things like that that you as a consumer can choose and ultimately if it really does offend you just put it away. It's not something that serves you healthily. And it's a mental health thing. Like you can separate from these things. You really, really can. Mm -hmm. They don't pay your bills. They don't, I don't know. They just don't control your life the way you think they do. Dear listener.
0: Uh, Yeah. There will always be something else to fill that void. Yeah.
2: Go Go outside. Yeah. Go do something productive or whatever. And I know, man, I've had so many CDs that have just brought me out of ruts and even to this day, you know, but there's a certain point where you need to be honest and you need to identify with certain things and certain people and individuals and, yeah, you can choose at that point to still be a fan or or be like, you know, a tertiary fan or steal music or steal the video or whatever you want to do, really, but you need to make that choice. And it's not something that it's not something that you have to share with anybody per se. It's not something you have to really uh, put out there in the world, but you need to make peace with yourself in order to move on.
0: Well said, sir. Well thank said. You. I think that's a good place to stop right there, but yeah. thank you all for listening. We are three episodes strong. We rode a great wave today.
1: Um, Want to give a quick shout out to all the wavy babies listening out there. Our sir. wavy babies, baby. Thank y'all very much. <laughs> hope we hope you enjoyed it.
0: Hey, you can find us on common sense. Jeez, <laughs> you can find us at Common Sense Media on Instagram, Common Sense Media on Twitter. Me personally at E can talk.
1: On I'm both at, platforms. Uh, I'm, at, uh, on Marshall, I'm at Marshall on Mikes on both platforms, IGN Twitter. And once I get out of my rock, I'll find
2: something. But you can hit me up on the Discord. That's right, right. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: boys and girls, people of all types, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We are out of here. Till the next wave, baby. Later. We'll catch you on the next one.